pray. Father, the lyrics of that song are so moving to us, just to remind us that we, we do need your grace, and we're grateful that you mend our hearts. We try so many ways in our own strength to figure out how to transform ourselves, but Father, to no avail. Even thank you for how you worked in Joe's life and that it, just his willingness to share with us just his, his journey and how you, you really intervened in so many ways in his life and how he responded. Thank you for how much you love us and we are your children. We just reach out. I pray that this morning is just an opportunity for us to reach out to you in our own weakness, in our sinfulness. We just miss the mark so often, so many ways. Thank you for not having a heart of condemnation, but a heart that is willing to restore us and redeem us and allow us to have a, a, a birth that no human mother could ever give us. So Father, I do pray that the, the passages that we, that we look at, the, even the passage Joe already read about cleaning the inside of the cup and, and realizing that there's nothing we can really, we can't really accomplish that in our own strength and in our own wisdom. We have to offer our hearts to you, the inside parts of ourselves to you, Father. And I just pray that we can have a sober view of what drags our heart away from you. And not, not minimize and, and not gloss over and but also not catastrophize in such a way where we just lose hope. But Father, help us to be honest about sin in our lives and, and where we are, really, with our hearts bare open before you. For you see all things. You know all things. Help us to take comfort in that instead of running from that. And help us to be a community that when we bear our hearts with one another, that we treat each other, Father, the way you would treat us. With not hearts with pointed fingers only to condemn and make one feel less than, but to, to listen and to respond with your word, with an appeal to your spirit to transform us from the inside out. Help us this morning, God. We come to you humbly in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> well, this morning we're going to uh, continue our, our series called Radical Every Day. And uh, we have been fixing our eyes on Jesus all year. I mean, we've been in the book of Hebrews, which really is an incredible book, talking about how amazing Jesus is. We've talked about Jesus in the Psalms. We've talked about so much about Jesus, right? Just all of the imagery in Scripture. We've talked about how he practiced certain disciplines of Sabbath or, or fasting or reading the Scripture, all of these types of things. We've looked at Jesus' life. But you know what we can't do is we can't run from those moments when Jesus says things and you just go, whoa, that's, that, wow, that's intense right there. And so we're attempting to, to, to tackle some of these radical teachings of Jesus. And uh, last time we got together, um, uh, Tom talked about the humility. And uh, before that, uh, Jordan uh, spoke and he uh, shared about taking up our cross daily. And so those are some of the radical. Daily is radical in and of itself. That's one of the most radical aspects. Can we be consistent with Jesus? 
And today the message is, is uh, what's in your heart? <laughs> okay? And we're using the word stored. As you see, we're trying to get off creative with the R-E-D at the end of the words. Did you notice that? That's really, yeah, okay. I'm just throwing it your way. So, but seriously though, stored. And where do we get this word stored? We're taking it from uh, one of the passages in Luke 6. And Jesus said, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. That's that, that concept. What is stored in your heart? And that, that matters to God. What is the heart? And it's important to know that. Like, it's really that place where our, our desires, our motives, our feelings, where our will, our decision-making, just it's an all-encompassing concept in the Bible. And usually in my understanding, when this word is used in the New Testament, it's never referring to that organ physically in your body with the aorta and the valves and all that. It's, it's, it's this concept, right? It's, and we get it, right? We know, we know that. Pure in heart, you know, when it talks about, what does that mean biblically, right? It doesn't mean you're cholesterol free and all. No, it's talking about when your heart, those passions and those, those, those desires and that will and the motives, you, you, you're in line with what God wants for your life. And, and the two are in step and there's a purity there. And, and really, that's really the goal to, to, to have that type of heart, to love God with all of our heart. But you know what else can... Faith can reside in our hearts, but so can unbelief. That's in, that can be in there too. That can motivate our will and our passion and our thinking if we're not careful. Our hearts can be hardened, right? When that unbelief kind of stays in there and we don't deal with what's in our heart, it can get harder and harder. And it's harder to want to even follow God, want to reach out and cry out to God. And we can be motivated by our own glory and we want to look good. And sometimes that can spur on what we do instead of having a, a simple desire to please God. To bring honor to God that we are his creation to reflect his heart to the world. But sometimes we get a little messed up and we get a little too into our own glory and how we appear to people. This is a... Um, this is the issue that we struggle with, right, as people. Let's be honest. <laughs> Look in the part <laughs> versus what's really in the heart. It, 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 that's the challenge. Because looking the part can be so, we can get a lot of uh, adulation from people and all of that. And that can be intoxicating and addicting in its own way. This has been a problem throughout Scripture. This is probably one of the most clearest moments in Scripture. You just go, that just makes sense. You know, when Samuel was sent by, by God to find the next king, and, and Samuel goes, and he's thinking social customs, the oldest, or the, the, that's a sturdy young lad, you know, all that. But God's like, bro, you got it wrong, right? Don't consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People, you know, we look at the outward appearances. The Lord looks at the heart. We have got to internalize this message. What a clear statement. This is, the, some, this is what we can get caught up in. 
Religious leaders get caught up in that. Jesus had to deal with that in his day. In Matthew 23, Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So you must be careful to do everything they tell you. But do not do what they do. For they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy, cumbersome loads, put them on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Everything they do is done for people to see. You see that? Everything they do is done for people to see. They make their phylacteries wide and the tassels on their garments long, which is really a place where they had scripture, literally, in boxes on their bodies. They love the place of honor at banquets, the most important seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and be called a rabbi by others. It can be intoxicating to look the part. Even in a religious setting. Even when you've devoted your life to religious practices. Because let's be honest, we can't touch a finger to the Pharisees with respects to certain spiritual practices. They would have us beat. Let's just be real. They had a devotion to God. But sometimes that which is in our hearts can get get a little, the wirings can get crossed. (laughs) And we can even desire the adulation and the, the, the nurturing feeling that it has to be loved by your fellow man, no matter what's going on really in your heart. I think we need to beware and be aware what's in our hearts. <laughs> I think those are, we gotta, you know, but here's the problem. And if you're anything, I, here's my problem. I gotta be honest, if I'm not careful, the, na- the status of my heart can be like, like an attic. A crawl space. You know what I'm saying? Right? Sweep under the rug. It's like, who wants to really know? What's in your attic? Sometimes, you, I don't know, man. I just throw stuff up there. And I ain't seen it. Not only do you not sometimes want to deal with what's in your attic, you definitely don't want anybody else to know what it looks like. And I think that's the status of some of our hearts. We kind of relegate it to that, that place where we put stuff, where stuff is, and we know, and it exists, and it's actually relatively useful, but man, I don't, I don't really want to deal with it. We cannot allow that to be the state of our own hearts, where our passions are, where our motivations, where that mixture happens, and it, 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 it decides over time who we become, because that's more important. It's who we're becoming not just what we're doing, because you can do a lot of religious things, but not become more like Jesus. And that's probably one of our deepest challenges. Be aware of what's in your heart, but beware what's in there too, because it can bite you. And we can't let these teachings of Jesus just run to the wayside. Jesus taught, hey, what comes out of a person is what defiles them. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All of these evils 
come from inside and defile a person. Stop blaming it on somebody else. My family group, group leader told me that I need to read my Bible or, or I'm not doing well with God. Who is that person? So they're making me mad and therefore I'm not going to read my Bible. And I'm not going to do, <laughs> I mean, you know, Jeff, that's a ridiculous example. Okay, well, you insert one. Where you think that because you have, you have this in your heart, it's because someone else has done something to you and, and that's really the only option you have. It's to slander, to say things that are not righteous about a person, whatever it might be. This is the stuff in our hearts. You know, this COVID time, man, I tell you, spending all this time not around people. See, some of y'all, that just kills you. Me, I mean, that can really play to my sins of like isolation or not loving people, <laughs> like just not being loving or serving or giving, right? G giving is, is just love. It's, it's a part of love. It's the highest Christian ethic, so to speak. But man, I mean, if I don't have to be around people, you know, in my flesh, I'll just be fine reading a great book. It might even be a spiritual book, which I'm reading. But I can be unloving if, if left to myself or I got to know what's in my heart. Do I desire isolation a little more than I need to? Probably. What am I going to do with that? Pretend like, let's sweep it under the rug. No big deal, Jeff. You do a lot of spiritual things. You're preaching. You're... No, what's in my heart? Where's my love for people? Am I going the extra mile? There's a passage I want to read. This is one of those passages. If you're visiting with us online in the virtual world, it's good to have you. And you might even be like, I don't kind of know the scriptures. And... But I bet you the next scripture I read, if, I, if that showed up on the... CNN or Fox News, religious leader, we have a snippet of a religious leader's message, you know. This might be, sound a little radical to you, so I don't, we don't need to run from these things. And before you say, after the first sentence, you go, ha, 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 that doesn't really relate to me, then you've missed the point. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out. Throw it away. You know, it's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off, throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. What's he getting at? So many different translations that you could go to, but they all basically say the same thing. Someone looks lustfully at a woman, wants to sin sexually with her, to desire her with lustful intent, you get the picture but what's the big picture here? Because in the, the, the law that God gave, do you know people were caught in the act of adultery? Do you know what the punishment was? It was death. That's intense. Right? That's intense. So God, Jesus is like, hey, you know, that's in the law. That's in the law. God said, hey, if you get caught in the act, 
So what's the first thing many of us will say? I've never been caught in the act. I'm good. Made it through that one. Next, let's, let's get to the spiritual checklist. Next, because I got a check on this one. But what Jesus is getting at, you know, it takes a lot to get to the act of adultery, right? Before the act, there's a lot of things that can happen in your heart that probably come out of your mouth, right? You've heard, the, oh man, I just look, I don't touch. Looking and touching is not the act, so I'm fine. I haven't done anything wrong, right? Because I haven't committed the act. Hey, God made her, man, she's beautiful. I'm just letting her know. I mean, she's a part of God's creation. I'm just letting her know. I'm just, I'm praising God. Thank you, God. Bible says encourage daily. I'm just giving a little encouragement. I'm just giving a little encouragement. Everybody like encouragement. I haven't done anything. I have not done anything wrong because I haven't committed the act. The challenge is, my brothers and sisters, is, is there's a lot that, if the standard that you have for pleasing God is you haven't actually done something really bad, you're missing the point. It's not just what we do, it's who we're becoming. And who we're becoming depends on what's going on in that heart of yours. And we have to, and I think Jesus is helping us to see, take it seriously. The house is burning down. Don't sit around and go, well, you know, maybe we should do some renovate. You know. No, get out. <laughs> you got a feeling, you got a thought, deal with it. Don't just wait till you get to a room alone with somebody. Deal with the feeling that you have. Man, she's attractive, you know, man. And Okay, what's going on in there? Let me, let me deal with it. God, what's going on? Show me what's going on. Help me to deal with it. Right now, before something crazy and devastating happens. That's the way we need to deal with it. It's much, the standard that Jesus is getting at is so much higher than just one act. And we got to get in touch with that. The consequences of sin are intense. So we need to deal with them in an intense manner, right? And we got to do our part, but with urgency. That's what Jesus is getting at. We need to have the urgency. Ah, you know, I'm good, you know. I haven't done anything too bad. I'm, that dude, really, he's messed up over there, so I'm good. As long as I'm not. Tick tock, tick tock. The bomb's going to go off at some point. Lack of urgency. And if people tell you that you're doing fine, you love that, right? And so you're good and you're, oh, I'm good. People say I'm good. Tick the bomb is going to go off. You know, Joe already said it. Clean the inside of the cup. But here's the deal. How do we do that? How do we do that? How? I, I'm not, I can't give you every way to do it. I'll give you some thoughts, right? Because that's why I'm here. I'm supposed to do this stuff, right? First thing, slow down and put your phone down. Seriously. Stop waking up and jumping right into your emailing, all that. Stop. Put it down. I'm serious. Get serious about what's in your heart. Stop filling it up with all this other stuff that's going on in the world. And then when you, you've used up all your brain cells, you got all distracted. Now you try to, try to do something spiritual and it doesn't work and you know it. Right? Let's, I've done it before and I hate when I do it and I beat myself up because it's terrible. You need to stop doing it. Let's hold each other accountable because it matters. Who are we becoming? You know what we need to do? We need to ask God to reveal to us, God, what is going on in my heart? 
So often our times with God is really self-directed. We choose the scripture. We choose the book we want to read. We choose the issue in our character that we need to change. We choose those scriptures that are going to change our heart. We talk the whole time we pray. We tell God what he needs to do in that person's life. In this situation, we ask him the questions that's on our heart, the stuff that we want. And you direct it all to God, and you don't even stop for two seconds. You know what, God? Hold up. Let me just be quiet. God, can you reveal to me what's going on in my heart that I may not even be aware of? And you know what? I'm going to stop and listen. And so, Jeffrey, you're saying God's going to say, you know what? This is what's wrong with your heart, Jeff. <laughs> no, I'm not going to promise that. In fact, I promise it's going to be awkward, weird, and you're probably not going to maybe get the results you think you want the first or second or third time you try. But let me tell you something. If you stick with it and you practice it, God will reveal stuff to you. Could be through a scripture. Yeah, sure. Could be through a friend. I've been called a coward by a Christian brother. I've been called lazy and out of shape by a Christian brother. I've been called harsh. I've been called a conflict avoider. I've been called somebody afraid to speak the truth and dance around topics all by Christian people, and they've been all true, 100% right, 100% right. That's Jeff Hickman, sinful man. And I need people, I need the scriptures, I need God's spirit working in me. But here's the deal, I hope the spirit changes me. You know what we need to do? We need to give the spirit consent to change us. So many of us don't. We have to yield and submit to the spirit and ask him to come in and transform you and clean the inside of your cup. And ask him to stop making you so hungry and thirsty for the adulation of people who may not know what's in your heart. Because we can do a bunch of things that look great but may not be good in our hearts. You can't do good and just be convinced that you're going to end up good. Sometimes we need to fast, just do without and feel that hunger and go to God with, with journal, write prayers down. I don't know. Talk to somebody. Be humble. Don't be defensive. Pray together with people. These are things what we can do. The last thing I want to talk about, this is it. Here's the concept. We just did a series on the kingdom. Seek first his kingdom. It's, it's not the church building. Seek first the reign and rule and sovereignty of God in your heart, in your own personal life, in your heart. Seek it. Ask for it. I want you to reign, not my thinking, not my passions, not my motivations. I want to put myself under your reign and seek his righteousness. And righteousness is not just good things you do, Christian people do. You know, this concept, righteousness, I appreciate this book, Divine Conspiracy. I'm just going to steal it. He talks about the true inner goodness. Seek a true inner goodness that you cannot manufacture yourself. I can't do it no matter how spiritual I try to be. I can't manufacture the righteousness. It is something, the true inner goodness of God, it, it comes from him. It comes from a birth from him and a constant renewal from him through his spirit, through the word, through the community of believers, through taking the Lord's Supper, through all of that. It's, that's what we need to seek. That's what gives us that inner, the true inner goodness. That's what we need to seek. And may these principles bless you and encourage you as we take sin seriously in these radical teachings of Jesus 
And hopefully what will be stored in our heart is his righteousness and not sin. Amen? I'm done, and we are ready to sing another song. Thank you, brother.